Hello and welcome to Ask Deb About Business. I'm Rom Gayozo, co-host. We're broadcasting via Futures Television, the home of the future on television. If you're watching this show on Futures Television, listening to it on Radio Future, or listening to it as a podcast or as a recorded event on one of our social media platforms, you too can be part of the conversation. Just visit our YouTube channel, and that is IMCI Magazine, where we continue to chat about the topic of the day. You can also access this information on our website, and that is www.futurestelevision.com. So don't be shy. So today, our topic is make every conversation count. Communication skills for the new normal. Well, we know communication, communication, communication. We all know it's important. But communication skills can be challenging to develop and implement at work. The rise of remote and hybrid work hasn't made it any easier either. Yet, effective communication at work can be transformative for individuals, teams, and businesses. So why is effective communication important in the workplace to begin with? Well, because it boosts employee morale, engagement, productivity, and satisfaction. It is also key for better team collaboration and cooperation. Ultimately, effective workplace communication helps drive better results for individuals, teams, and organizations. So take it a step further. Specifically, as a business leader, building good communication skills has profound short and long-term benefits for your organization. An effective communicator is able to motivate their teams to get more done with better results and fewer misunderstandings. And who doesn't want fewer misunderstandings? And what about personal or professional presence? What is it and why is it important? Say you meet someone new and in a matter of seconds, they make up their mind about you. They're responding to your presence, what people see when they look at you what they hear when you speak, and how they feel when they are around you. If you're not thrilled with the responses you're getting, if you don't attract clients the way you'd like to, if you didn't get the promotion you wanted, if you don't make money you want to be making, it may very well be because you're missing that powerful presence. The good news is you can change the way you're perceived, and that can change everything. Today's discussion focuses on communication skills and how not to lose your audience, virtual communications, the importance of energy, and yes, executive or professional presence. There's a lot to talk about on this topic, but worry no more. Now, you have someone to talk to. But first, let me say a few words about the show. Broadcasting live from Butterfield Student Chicago Lands to the world, I'd like to welcome you to Ask Deb About Business. The talk show is broadcast every other Thursday at 11 a.m. Central Time, where I join Deb Deitch to discuss a variety of business topics. So no matter what your venture is, you will certainly have questions. But worry no more. Now you have someone to talk to. So let me say a few words about Deb Deitz. Deb has a long and distinguished career as a coach, mentor, and through her awesome training programs at SMB Digital Education, she has enabled many entrepreneurs to follow their dreams. And that's exactly what I like about her. 
it's her ability to deliver practical advice to help you solve real problems. If you have a business question, well, let's ask Deb. Without further ado, let's welcome Deb Nitz to the show. Hi, Deb, how are you doing today? Hey, Ram, how are you? Good morning. How wonderful to see you. Beautiful day in the studios. Here we are again in beautiful Butterfield studio. I want to personally reach out to Jeff Horvath and the Butterfield team for hosting us in this beautiful studio, our beautiful set. Uh, and thank you, Jeff and everybody for making us look and sound so good. Really, really appreciate being here and welcome everyone to the show. Our show focuses on emerging trends facing small to mid-sized businesses, business owners, business leadership, and business professionals. And we invite subject matter experts on our show, experts on those topics. And my promise to you is that by the end of our time together today, you'll have at least one key takeaway that then you can implement within your business or for yourself. And today I'm delighted to welcome Katherine Johns to our show. Katherine is an expert in communications. For those of you in the Chicagoland area, yes, she is the Katherine Johns, who you may have listened to driving to work, uh, listening to WLS radio in the morning, where she was the radio side chick to, you know, to radio personalities like Larry Lujak and Fred Winston. We all know them, we know Katherine, and we are delighted to have her with us today. How wonderful. Let me say a few words about Catherine before we get going. All right. So along with speaking to business organizations, professional associations, and women groups, Catherine coaches entrepreneurs and executives to craft a clear, compelling message and deliver it with confidence and charisma so they can attract clients and referrals. Midwesterners do remember her for her career in Chicago radio as a news anchor, talk show host, and the morning show side. She developed the ability to tell a riveting story, inspire interaction, and dance with whatever happens next. That broadcasting background was a big plus when most speaking and training went online. Doing a presentation on Zoom has a lot in common with a radio talk show. And Catherine's book, which you can find on Amazon.com, Show Up and Shine, Simple Steps to Boost Your Confidence and Charisma, offers readers a roadmap to enhance their personal presence, change the way they're perceived, and change the results they get. So without further ado, let's say hello to Catherine. Hi, Catherine. Hey, nice to meet you, Ron. Hey, Catherine, thank you so much for, for being with us today. I'm, I'm so delighted that you're here. Me too. Um, we're going we're gonna to have a, a great conversation, but before we begin, I have a little exercise that I want to conduct with our audience. So for those of you that are watching us on TV or listening to us on the radio, I want you to put yourself in this scenario. Imagine that you are walking into a business meeting and the people in the room are people that you don't know. And it could likewise, uh, if you are going onto a Zoom call and you turn on your camera and before you speak, the people on that call or in that room are taking a measure of you. They're sort of sizing you up and before you say a word. So imagine yourself walking into that room and think about what people are, are, are thinking about you. How are you portraying yourself? How are you carrying yourself, presenting yourself? And they're forming an opinion. 
So you go ahead and you sit down at the table, the conference table, and then people around the table begin to introduce themselves. So they begin to speak. So it gets to be your turn and you go to speak and introduce yourself. So what are people hearing when you speak? Not necessarily your name and where you, in your background, but how are you presenting yourself through the, through the spoken word? And then think about if you're sitting at that conference table and the person next to you has a water bottle and they spill their water bottle and you jump up and go get napkins and help clean it up or you don't. So they're observing how you behave. And so presence is about how you look to others, how, what they hear when you speak, and what they perceive and see about the way you behave. And so I want to start our conversation this morning, Catherine, about presence. You wrote a beautiful book, Show Up and Shine, and your first chapter is on presence. And how can presence, what, help us understand what it is, and why is it so important in a professional setting? So what it is really is what people see, hear, and feel about you based on the communication that happens even before you speak. Because you can't not communicate, right? There's always information about you is being taken in by people around you or opinions about you are being formed by the people around you. And it has everything to do with business success. Very smart people sometimes don't quite make it because they don't have a strong presence. And people take advantage of them. People don't take them seriously. They're easily overlooked when the decisions get made. And conversely, there are people with a really strong presence who are maybe not the, the smartest or the most accomplished or the most talented, but they have a certain kind of energy that, makes, that draws people to them and makes people want to do what they want done. So this is something that you can cultivate. This is a skill that you, can, that you can develop. And you work with clients all over the world and helping them develop their, their professional and executive presence. What are some of the, the strategies that you use when you're working with them to help them? Number one, I think probably they have to be self-aware that they you know, maybe might need some support in this sure. area. But how do you help them navigate through that so that they are perceived more positively and so maybe they could be someone that could be considered maybe if it's, maybe it's a new job or a consulting assignment to be that person of choice. How can they cultivate that as a skill? So the first thing I tell people is that in order to have presence, you have to be present. And that means being in your body right here, right now. And it's easy, especially in an important meeting or a job interview or a TV show, it's easy to be caught up in my head worrying about how do I look, how do I sound, what are they thinking about me, I, did I have enough lipstick on, I'm starting to get thirsty, right? All of that is going on up here and that takes me out of the present moment. Okay. So the body is really the key to being present. And I am a little bit flummoxed, I have to tell you, because the first thing I tell clients is, put your feet flat on the floor. And yet, here I am sitting in a chair where I'm perched, and my feet are on a rest, a foot rest, mm -hmm. but they're not on the floor. And if I had my druthers, I would be in a lower chair. 
my feet would be firmly on the floor, my seat in the chair, my spine straight, my head straight up and down on top of my body. So here's the thing that women do a lot. It's this. And birds also do this. Us and birds, great, right? <laughs> so the minute I tilt my head, I become less active and more receptive. If you were talking and I was listening, it would be natural to do this. What happens for a lot of us is we get sort of stuck like this and we come across as submissive or passive instead of being the strong actors we want to be. Does that make sense? And do you see that when I do it? A absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And it's interesting, I, when I have a question for the audience also. So when, as an example, before uh, Ram and Jeff brought the camera up on me, so for those of you that haven't seen the show before, you know, you saw me for the first time and before I spoke, you know, I'm sitting at this desk. And so what I would like you to do is, for those of you that are on YouTube, Facebook, and LinkedIn, use the chat feature. And just very quickly type in some words that, that help me understand your first impression of me when you first saw me. Before I spoke, you don't know me, here I am sitting at a desk. What did me sitting here convey to you? And so type those words in the chat, and then Ram, I'm gonna ask you to, to share those with us in a minute. And then same thing when I began to speak, when Ram introduced me, and I was talking about the show, sharing our promise to you, and then introducing Catherine, you heard me speak. So what is it that you see about me, and what are you hearing when I speak that shows that I have presence? And so I would love to hear you know, your, your opinion of, of that about me personally. And then the same thing with Catherine. When the camera opened up on Catherine, she hadn't spoken yet. But yet she's sitting here, she has definitely has presence. But what was it that you took away from her that, uh, that showed that she does have that presence? We would love to hear you know, those, those uh, characteristics and your takeaways from that because this is really what we're talking about here is you know, how are we perceived when we are you know, either, either speaking, not speaking, walking into a room, turning on our camera for a Zoom call. And so, you know, please chat that, put that in the chat, and then Rama, you know, please uh, share that with us because that, this is really critically important is to have an awareness about yourself. So we talked about self-awareness, being, you know, not in your head, right? Getting outside of your head or getting in your head, I guess, right? Getting in your body. Getting, getting in, getting in yeah. your body, correct. Yes. Getting in your body and having that self-awareness. And I think a lot of people kind of miss that. I think you're exactly right. And it's so interesting you brought this up because I often ask clients to do something very similar. Okay. Get a list of people and ask them each for three words that describe you. And most people will offer fairly positive stuff. I mean, people are not going to say really ugly things. But you can get a pretty good picture of how you're perceived and it's helpful then in understanding what changes I might want to make. Right. So when I did that, I, I got kind of constellations of words. There were a bunch of them around strong or confident or powerful. There were a bunch around um, articulate, um, educated, that kind of word. Mm -hmm. And then there were some around being funny witty, clever, humorous. Okay. Those were sort of the things. But in the oh, process Ricky, we, of that, we got a few words now. Several ah. people said things that were like overbearing, 
comes on too strong. Okay. Right? And that was really useful feedback for me because uh, that's not what I want, right? right. I want to be, I want to have a strong presence, but I don't want people to feel like I'm going to mow them down, right? Or that I'm going to overshadow them or shut them up. And so that gave me useful feedback that I needed to pull back a little bit okay. in some ways. So this is great. Okay, so let's pull so over develop... some of the comments we have. Yeah. Okay. So let's uh, welcome uh, Chicago. So LinkedIn, uh, Bill says you appear uh, very professional. I have uh, comments. Hello, Facebook. Uh, Bob from St. Louis says that looks like someone who is an authority because she hosts a talk show. And hi, hi, Matthew. So Jim saying, you know, that looks confident. Uh, Los okay. Angeles, hi. Uh, Julius says uh, that looks friendly. And Chicago, hi, Chicago. Uh, Charlie says uh, she looks approachable. That's an interesting. Oh, that's interesting. Words. Okay. Uh, so okay. we have Louise from Atlanta, and she says Catherine looks confident. So although your your, your feet were not planted on the chairs, she says you look <laughs> confident. And hi, New York. Jim says Catherine must be an authority because she's a guest on the show. There you go. I love it. I love it. So we obviously have shown that we have presence, um, that we are, you know, confident and professional and uh, experts, you know, yeah. on, on our, in our uh, areas of expertise, right? And it really speaks to the importance not only of how we behave, but the external cues, the desk that somebody mentioned, right? Mm -hmm. You're obviously in charge because you're behind the desk. Right. It's, and so we need to think about how we can use that in the, a business context in the way we meet people and the way we show up in those early moments when they're just forming an impression. You know, I love it. And I, that's why when I, I remember when you first published your book and I read it, you know, and the first chapter was about presence, which I, which, and I just, and it's again, show up and shine, Catherine Johns, available on Amazon. Uh, great, great book. But I, I love that the title, show up and shine. You know, and and put yourself out there with the with the, your best foot forward using some of these t these uh, best practices you're going to share with us today. So I, I appreciate the conversation, and um, we'll you know kind of wrap this up at the end about some of the key takeaways okay. from this. But you know, let's shift a little bit about because you know this is a, a show about effective communication. So speaking, of course, is critically important for you know communi for communicating, but it's not just about speaking. And no. I know you coach a lot of people to speak, you know, how to have effective presentation skills, you know, speaking to an audience. You're a keynote speaker, you're an expert, you know, you, you, you work with people every minute of every day. But it's not just about the speaking to someone to convey your message, it's about active listening. And I think, I know even for myself personally speaking, that is even, that's a challenge and it's something that I, is always in my conscious mind when I'm interacting with someone is, Sometimes I have to stop myself, literally stop myself from talking, put the period at the end of it, and, and then pay attention and, and active listening to, my, to my, the person that I'm communicating and with. And it can be a huge challenge. Yeah. Because let's face it, all of us have, we're self-interested. Right. You know, um, to one degree or another, we are concerned about how we come across and what we say and what people think of us. And it is a challenge to zip it and really listen to the other person. You know that for part of my radio career I was a talk show host and I always said it should be called a listen show because that was the hard part. 
you know, I could sit there and yammer so forever, mm -hmm. but to really pay attention to the person who called in and listen to what they were saying, and people respond to that in ways that can be surprising. I actually did a, a sort of theme show at one point, called, we called it Bug House Square. Do you know Bug House Square, a Chicago park where mm -hmm. people would come, the Wobblies and right. longshoremen and stuff would come mm -hmm. and stand on soapboxes and talk. And people would gather around. So as a talk show, the idea was you call and you talk. Your choice about what it's about, you tell me what you're passionate about. I would ask people some questions, oddball questions. Tell me about your first date. What were you like in third grade? You know, they weren't about people's views, but they were about who people were. Right. Deb, people would get on hold and sit for an hour waiting to get on the air to talk, and they didn't even know what they were gonna talk about yet because they wanted to be heard. We are so hungry for somebody to listen. So when I become that person who will listen, there's magic in that. And that creates relationship way more than anything I could say. Right. So that's interesting. So what, what are some, act some action steps that people can take if they are looking to improve their ability to become an active listener? What do you coach them on, your clients? How do they do that? Yeah. Put your lips together and sense your lips touching and don't let them come apart until I tell you to. Okay. Oh my God, people have a really hard time with that because what we discover when we try that is that my habit is to jump in. You're talking, I have a thought and I wanna, like this, I'm like pouncing on it. And to have the discipline to hold back and just listen, it, you can cultivate it and people do. But for most of us, it's not natural. For most of us, the natural thing is the light bulb goes on over my head. I have a thought. I want to spit it out right away. You know, it's interesting because here you talk about listening and, and you, you can cultivate that as a skill. It really makes the conversation about them, not about you, right? So that's another, I think, best practice, right, is that you're really focused on that other person and about what you're, what you're hearing from them and then reacting to that as opposed to having it the other way around where you're forcing the conversation. One of the best business books I ever read was called Writing to Get Action. A little tiny book, I read it on the, air, on the airplane on the way to LaGuardia. And the best thing out of it was everything you write, start with the word you. Because it puts you in two things, it gets all that I stuff out of the way right. and it puts you in the framework to have the discipline to address what the other person really wants to hear about or really needs to hear about. And it's challenging. If you look at the business letters you get or the emails you get, mm -hmm. you know, you'll find that most of them start with something like, I just wanted to reach out to you to say that all of that should come out, right? We want right. to start with the other person in mind. That, you know, that's so interesting. And we get, we get bombarded every day with emails and solicitations and pitches. People are pitching us for their services. But there's, you know, and, and I think that's kind of the default. But what, what you need to be doing is really understanding who they are, what their needs are. Um, you are the solution probably to their, to their issue or their challenge or their concern, but you'll never know that if you don't, if you don't look and, if, and from the, the client facing, the customer facing perspective. And that is hard to do. 
because it we're is. all, you know, there's 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 no shortage of competition out there, right? I mean, we are all there. You know, we're there. Are many people that do what I do. Many people that do what you do, right? So it's you know, there's many people that do strategic planning and do online, you know, learning development sure. of courses. But it, you know, so that's you know, that's great. But you have to stand out. You have to find a way to differentiate yourself, right? So when you're in a crowded field like this. You know, you've got a lot of a lot of folks out there. You you used a term in your book that was, bet you know, different is better than better. And I think as human beings, we always want to be better than our competition, and we want to show, oh, I'm so much better than this person who does what I do. But that's not really the the answer. The answer is to be different is better. And and it's hard. It right? is hard because there are thousands of people who do very similar work. So how do you make yourself stand out? Sally Hogshead, you might be familiar with her, she's a marketing genius, and she wrote a book about how to fascinate. And different is better than better, is her phrase, and I think the title of her next book. And I've studied her work and actually got certified as I'm a Fascinate certified consultant. Because the whole thing is about you, you can't you can't ever count on being the best because no matter how good you are, there's somebody else out there who's just that much better. But nobody else does it quite the way you do. So for me, one of the things that makes me different from other people is my broadcasting background. So there are other people who do coaching for speakers who have different strengths. Right. I, I know somebody who did that, who was it, did beauty pageants and that kind of thing when she was younger. And she brings that experience to it. I bring a consciousness of words and how you sound and how you come across to an audience, especially a virtual audience. And each of us who does similar work has something that sets us apart that might be about our background or it might be about our personality and just kind of who we are. And there's actually an assessment that if it's, people who are interested can get in touch with me and I'll send you the link where you can do the fascinate assessment and, and find out how you fascinate people. It's about understanding how people perceive you and then building on that. Wow. So when you're coaching clients mm -hmm. on, on this and about how to be different, how to look different, sound different, what are some of the, the actual tactics that you use with them to do that? How to be different, well one is to do, to, to really get clear on how people perceive you. That exercise we talked about, about asking people right. for three words, right. that's a really good avenue into that. Okay. Because you find that then you wanna build on those things. So, The points of differentiation, so you're gonna, so asking the question, of, uh, and then and then using that to your advantage to find maybe the, a different per, uh, hook, if you will, yeah. right? I was, I was wanting to be careful about how I said this, but like nice is not a word people would use to describe me. And I don't mean that I can't be nice, I'm often nice. Mm -hmm. But if you were looking for words to describe me, that wouldn't be the first one that would come to mind, okay. right? But there are other people you know who that might be the first word, right? right? They're warm, friendly, nice, caring. That's what's gonna distinguish them. And that's different from what distinguishes me. Does that make sense? Yes, yes. And so really getting a, whole, getting a clear picture of 
how people perceive us can be freeing because once I did this fascinate content and my fascination advantages are innovation and power. Okay. All right. So I know that I can kind of lean into those mm -hmm. and be different from other people, even other people who do very similar work. And I can let go of trying to be the nicest or the friendliest or the sweetest or the warmest because that's somebody else's advantage, right. but it's not mine. And that's very freeing. It is freeing, and you may hear by it going through the exercise, here's something that you may not want to hear about yourself, right? But yeah. that's still, again, feedback that's important for you to then leverage that Absolutely. and turn it around, turn that disadvantage into an advantage so that you are kind of standing out. And so you are perceived as being different from somebody else. I, I, I thank you for that. That's that's an amazing, and it's I love really this. fun. I love that uh, that exercise. Um, let you know we, we're living in a world right now where you know we're kind of many of us are working in a hybrid work environment. You know, we're, many of us are back to work physically. Yep. Uh, many of us are still online or a combination thereof. We spent the last couple of years, many of us on Zoom. You know, we've we've talked about this. I talked about it at our open about that about you know you have to present yourself you know in the best light rather you know if you're you know in a personal or a physical setting or you're online but being online is is its own presents its own challenges a lot of right them. so when you're and you are a communications expert so when you're working with people who are who spend a lot of time on zoom how can what are some of the the, adv the advice that you give them or, or feedback or tips and tricks so that they are presenting themselves and the, with the best foot forward when they're online you know we talk about you know this is a show that focuses on emerging trends you know last year's trends uh, that were facing businesses are much different than the trends this year you know last year some of the trends were things like you know getting your you know, PPP loan, getting, you know, financial funding funding for your business to maintain its solvency, innovating through technology, developing your mobile app that were some of the trends last year. This year, trends in business are more soft skills related. So there's this movement. We did a show uh, a couple of weeks ago about emotional intelligence and empathy in the workplace, about kindness. Communication skills are soft skills. We're talking about that today. But it presents different challenges when you're online. So what, what are you finding about the virtual workspace? Uh, what are the opportunities for improvement? How can people improve their performance, their perceptions of themselves, their personal brand online? So one thing I tell people right off the bat is if you don't want to be overlooked, you have to be willing to be seen. And that's not easy. You've probably been in Zoom meetings where half the people or more had their cameras turned off because they're uncomfortable being seen or because they're checking their email or eating their lunch. You know, you don't know. And that's part of it, that, mm -hmm. that when people are hiding, they, they don't have a strong presence. So the first thing is turn on the camera. And then, just like when you're in person, this whole business of being grounded and centered, so you're in the middle of the screen, so you're not leaning off or slouching or doing this kind of thing. But you present a strong, centered appearance. And you want a little bit of headroom at the top of the screen, and you want pretty much even side to side, unless you have a visual, like you're showing something on a whiteboard over your shoulder or something. And you want some of your body showing because you want to use gesture. 
gesture is highly correlated with charisma, and more so than we might think. I would have said, oh, charisma is all about eye contact, and I do think that's important. But the research says gesture matters. And so if you set your Zoom camera so your hands are never seen, or you fold your hands in your lap while you're on Zoom, you're missing a component of charisma. And then to the point about eye contact, you kind of have to talk through the camera. And that can be very challenging, more so on a Zoom screen than in person, I think. Because what's my tendency? I, see, I might see Deb in a little corner down here, and so I want to look at that when I'm talking to her. But the moment I look at that little corner of the screen, I look to the other person as if I'm looking off at the floor or something, right? And we lose that connection. People often find this challenging. You can tell I've done this beforehand, can't you? <laughs> and I've had numerous people tell me, it's, I'm just not comfortable talking to a camera. I'm just not comfortable talking to a screen. So here's a way to think about it. Talk through the camera. So imagine the person you're talking to right on the other side of your camera. And you're just looking through it as if they're right there. It's analogous to talking on the phone. When we finish this show, I'm going to call a friend and say, man, I had the best time being on Deb's show. It was really fun. Now, I don't think of myself as calling the phone. I'm calling my friend. And the phone, just a vehicle that gets my voice to her ears and her voice to mine. The camera and the microphone are the same thing, just a vehicle. And so it's as if the person you're talking to is right on the other side, and you're having a personal conversation. Thank you for that. You know, another thing that I'm, I'm witnessing here as you're speaking is your, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling your presence. Okay. I'm feeling your energy. And so that's another thing I think that is very compelling um, is the level of energy that you're conveying when you're either in person or on a Zoom call. So how can people, you know, what, what does that look like? How can they cultivate that, that sense of energy um, and in, engagement? Um, when, they're, when they're communicating with people. So I'm like a broken record, right? Put your feet on the floor, your seat in the chair, straighten your spine. But really the energy is physical. And it comes from getting grounded and getting centered and being totally present right here. Letting go of what I did earlier today, what I'm gonna do later on, forget all of that and bringing myself right to this present moment. Breathing really helps. and especially in virtual work, there's a, there's a sweet spot for energy. You've probably been in a Zoom meeting where people got um, too quiet, too re retiring, too shy, like they don't have enough energy. But you may have also been in a Zoom meeting where it was like somebody was coming through the screen at you, mm -hmm. too loud, too intense. So the way I think about it is you wanna be a fireplace, not a furnace. There's a warm glow, there's an energy here. It's inviting, but it's not blasting at you. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And that, that's true in person, but it's really noticeable on Zoom. You can get on a Zoom meeting with people who make you wanna back away. Well, if I wanna engage you, making you back away is not gonna right. help. Right. right. So it's finding that right amount of energy that it's magnetic, but it's not too pushy. 
But I, I like this kind of the, this notion of being planted where you are and, and putting your feet. You know, and it's funny when I when I first read your book, and I remember thinking that I think the next time I had a was in a meeting, and I remember sitting at a table, a conference table, and that that thought came to me about your about that about planting your feet on the ground. And it's like something when you do that, it's like your core, the core of your body is engaged and there's a level of, of comfort or security that is supportive. It's supportive. And so it, it, it makes me feel like what I'm about ready to say is grounded somehow. And there's confidence that comes from that, from feeling that. And for a lot of us, our tendency is to cross our legs or cross our ankles right. or more of a see, casual. You'll you know, see sitting. women especially kind of wrap their feet around the chair. I can't even do it. My knees don't mm -hmm. do that. I'm actually doing I, that under the desk because yeah. I'm like you sitting in a similar chair. Yeah. My feet can't be on the ground. Yeah. Here, and so when I do this business with my feet, I, I give up that sense of being grounded. Okay. And it's dramatic. You know, I've worked with groups of people where you can see you can feel a shift in the room when people ground themselves and really come into their body and breathe from the belly and let the, let the voice come up and out supported by that breath. It changes everything. Okay, so that, that's right, because I mean, you're engaging your core, so your voice is stronger, yeah. right? That you're, you know, you're, can, you're being perceived as having a strong voice, a strong position, so but that all comes from having your feet planted squarely on the floor. Yeah. I, I don't know a lot about chakras and I don't want to get too woo-woo, but it, it has something to do with the throat chakra. Okay. Right? That this can, if this is blocked or, or clenched, the voice gets tiny and small. And when I breathe fully and I'm open here in my chest and my shoulders are back and I'm relaxed, my voice is stronger and more engaging than if I'm hunched over or pulled in okay. or tight or tense. Okay. So that's a key takeaway right there is when you go into a meeting, put your feet squarely on the floor, put your shoulders back, yeah. right? And then that voice will be strong and you'll be confident. It, 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 you'll feel confident and uh, get your point across. Yeah. And get behind the desk if you can, because I really sense the difference. It was interesting that somebody brought that up. It's really clear here that you're in charge. I mean, of course you're in charge. It's your show. <laughs> you're supposed to be in charge. But there is a, I, I feel that, that you're behind the desk and I'm perched in this chair out here and I'm clearly not in charge, there which is a little unsettling for me because, you know, my husband would tell you I like to be in charge. <laughs> So would mine, actually. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> absolutely. It's well, no wonder we're drawn to each other, well, right? Exactly, like, exactly. We have that in common. Well, we, we absolutely do. So let's um, let's talk a little bit about your book because I, you know, you, when you published your book, I was one of the, you know, I read it and I loved it. And Catherine and I, so full disclosure here, we've known each other for a very long time. But I, I, I loved your book and I love that, you know, the opening about presence because to me, I think that is so critically important. We opened the show talking about presence. Um, and now, you know, we're kind of living in a little bit of a different world with all the virtual, you know, aspect of our, of our daily work. And so thinking about when you wrote the book initially and, and, and then kind of, moving forward in today's world, this hybrid workforce that we're living in, if you were to rewrite your book today, what, what would be different about, about your book or your recommendations and your counsel? It would have 
a whole set of new chapters, and I really should do this, about virtual communication. Okay. Because I wrote it before, before there was Zoom. Right, you know. right, right. But one thing that would stay the same, I've been involved in, recently in a conversation about charisma and the idea that, um, that I have to be an extrovert or outgoing or flamboyant to have charisma, which I vigorously dispute. Okay. And the way I put it in the book is you could shine like the sun, bright, sparkly, loud, you know, right. in charge, but it's also possible to shine like the moon, which is a quieter energy, a quieter light, but no less magnetic. And so I think often people who are more quiet or introverted feel that they can't be charismatic or they can't be great speakers. Um, and I think that you, this goes back to different is better than better, mm -hmm. right? Instead of trying to imitate somebody who's not like me, I lean into who I am and shine like the moon. Wow. That is, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Well, absolutely. Because I think, you know, uh, and I'm glad you touched on that, the difference between extroverted personalities and introverted personalities. You know, lean into who you are, you know, your, your authentic self. And that's another thing we talked about um, when we were pre prepping for this show. You know, we were talking about personal branding. You know, and, and, you know, we're living in a world where, you know, we have to cultivate our personal brands, certainly our company brands, but then ourselves as, you know, leaders, business owners, business professionals, we have to develop our own personal brand. And so when I think about branding from a business perspective, I always think about things like your brand has to be relevant. So whatever, you know, your product or your services that you're offering to your potential customers, has to be something that they desire, that they need. So it's relevancy. And then there's the notion of authenticity. So, you know, being your authentic self, being, you know, that you're going to deliver on what that solution, your product or service is going to be, is going to actually do the job it says it's going to do. And then the third part of the brand identity is the points of differentiation. So I kind of liken that to what you're saying about being different is better than better. Um, how are you different? If you can, if you can clearly articulate that, um, kind of take a look inside yourself and find out what makes you special. Regardless, if you're extroverted, introverted, wherever you are, your special sauce, your special sauce, and how can you present that out in a way that is compelling and that will get, well, will, you know, ideally develop into a relationship with a potential client or customer. So, you know, branding is so important here because differentiating, being different, you know, how do you, what does that look like for you? It's challenging. It is. For sure. It is. And and I'm certainly not a branding expert. Something I heard from, I couldn't even tell you who, a long time ago that made sense to me is, your brand is what other people say it is. So I could give you all kinds, oh, I just touched my <laughs> microphone. I swore I wasn't gonna do that, right? Like I should know better than to go pounding on my mic. Um, where was I? About I just, branding and oh, different. That what other people say right. it is. Because no matter what I, think I'm portraying or want to portray, it, what really matters is what you perceive. And, and that becomes my brand. Right. So 
I think it takes time to develop a brand. Would you agree? I, I absolutely. Like and you don't get to just like write a list and say this is my brand. Well, it's interesting, it's, and it's not necessarily yeah. what you think it is. It, to your point, it's like you know how are you yeah. perceived, or how how are other people valuing what you are offering, and and you know, and then taking that feedback in. So, but that's like anything else. I mean, you were talking about communication here. The yeah. show is about communication. So. Communication obviously is a two-way street, so it's like you know I'm telling you something, but then I, I want to you know hear your perspective, your point of view, so that I can react to that. Plus, that also helps us identify opportunities for self-improvement. So that's another thing about professional. You know, we're talking about how to develop more effective communication yeah. skills. That's the, the you know the premise of our show today. You know, that takes effort. It takes work. It's not just what we you know we don't necessarily what we think of communication is what we think of it as being versus what somebody else is thinking of it and trying to find that common ground so that you can move forward with potential relationships. So, yeah. Yeah. attention spans are very short. Yeah, and getting shorter. And this is something I think that has changed somewhat with virtual work, that you have seconds to capture somebody's attention or not. It used to be minutes maybe, but not so much anymore. And if you don't capture their attention, there's a million other things that they can be paying attention to. The world is full of distractions. Right. And so getting sharp about who you are and what you want to convey and getting right to the point becomes very important, especially when we're on virtual platforms. Well, you know, it's interesting you say that too, because, you know, there's this, you know, a lot of conversation about um, keeping, you know, be, be direct and to the point and don't be ter too verbose and, you know, put the period at the end of the sentence sooner rather than later, right? So that's really important to your point about you have a very, very limited time to get your, your point across um, do it quickly and, and and then move on because otherwise you you know people are going to jump in and you're going to get lost in the, the masses right especially and, when you're on something like zoom and I think that takes practice that ability to make your point make it well mm -hmm. and stop talking yeah um, because it's easy to just go on and on and try to explain and add a bunch of detail and oh there was that story I wanted to tell and people get lost you know, you're, you're, you have a background in radio, and so you know, so you are an expert storyteller. I mean, you're obviously you're listening to your listeners call call in and 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 share their story, and then be able to re, you know reply back to them. But um, you know, storytelling is something that I know is so everybody's talking about it now about how important it is to start off a presentation telling a story. You do this a lot because you do a lot of presentation yep. skills training. Um, how can people do that and do it in a way that's not, you know, long and drawn out? And yeah. what are some tips there? Get rid of a bunch of adverbs and adjectives. Okay. okay. You know, yeah. I mean, really, like, just say it. And we have a tendency often, especially if we are saying something that's really important to us or something that we think the person might not understand, to repeat ourselves. And you'll hear people do this all the time where I'm telling you something and then I'll say, so in other words, but you don't really need those other words. You just got these words, you've got the point. I could move on. Okay. And so people pad with a lot of repetition that isn't necessary. I always say I could tell you any story in the world in 30 seconds with room left at the end to say Katherine Johns, WLS News. I had a lot of practice keeping it short. Yeah. Yeah. And that has proven to be valuable to me. 
in, in this work too. Absolutely. So those are the big things. Get to the point and don't repeat. Like, now that I said that, repetition can be powerful, but save the repetition for later. Okay. Right? It's not in the moment where, where you're, you know, when you hear yourself saying, in other words, so what I mean is those kind of cues okay. are that you're about to pad things that we, you're sticking in stuff we don't need. Okay, move on. Yeah. It's time to move on. Okay, yeah. but those are the triggers then. Yeah, the, I the hear words. myself talking too long, so. Okay, so you that. Notice I just said. And I love that. I appreciate that. So that's like real time here, right? You just yeah. caught, caught, caught yeah. yourself. Yep. And there is a thing about, you said a minute ago, put a period on it. Right. So it's really clear that you're done. Another thing that we do sometimes is have a tendency to kind of trail off and we sort of talk like this and it goes on and on and we're not really, and the person's not really sure, are we still telling the story or is it, just stop. Just stop. And, it's, and that can be challenging because people are afraid of the moment of silence. The pause is so powerful. It is, it is. There's a couple more questions I would like to pose to Catherine. Okay. Now, I'm supposed to look someplace to see you, but I don't know where to look. It's fine. So, there we Catherine, go. Uh, see, I can't. One of the beautiful All right. things about, you know, Deb is she goes into depth. So, like you are doing today. And nowadays, uh, it seems like people just skim the surface. And some of the comments in Facebook are, we used to have, like, the salons where we would sit and go through, like, book discussions yeah. in depth. Yeah. But nowadays, uh, and, and you just mentioned that, you know, people don't have the time or the patience uh, to go into the bath. So all the conversations are very superficial in nature. How can we go back? So the question from Facebook is, how can we go back to cultivating those depth discussions? Because it's on the depth discussion mm. that we actually get to know each other. Yeah. Boy, that's a really good question. And I think it is um, harder now than it was at one time to to get that depth i mean that the question makes sense maybe part of it is being really selective about who i go deep with that some people want superficial and they've got enough and they're moving on mm -hmm. and then you'll notice so if for instance if i speak to a room full of people there might be a handful that want to stick around and have a deeper conversation when I do virtual training, I often include an afterglow. So the afterglow is everybody else is left, but there's a handful of people who want to talk more about the subject or they want to ask a question that maybe they don't want the whole world to hear. And, and so it's a smaller group and there is time set aside for that deeper conversation. I like it. I like it. Does that help, Ram? It does quite a lot because i think one of the benefits of having those conversations so for example you took one hour of your day so you're not just speaking buzzwords you're actually giving advice showing bkms and by the way you are not a furnace i am not what not a furnace you're not a furnace oh <laughs> i love it i love it you that's guys great do such a, a wonderful job at sharing but at talking and that's one of the key signatures that that brings to to the show it's really the key takeaways. So you wouldn't be able to get to the key takeaways if you're just talking buzzwords. Uh, but that's that's a real benefit to the audience, and the audience really appreciates when you guys get to those deep conversations and share. Well, this is what you do in this situation, right. or you know, small things. But you actually explain, you know, plant your feet in the ground, put your shoulders straight, 
look strictly, look through. So there's several uh, best known methods that you guys share, and I think we couldn't get there if you're just talking in generalities. And I think that's one strength of that is to talk about the specifics. Again, we said at the beginning and during and at the end of the show, but you're helping us solve real problems. So thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. So Catherine, any, um, as you know, kind of, you know, wrap up. First of all, this is, this is such a, this is a topic that we could talk about forever. forever. And uh, would love to have you come back for a take two. Uh, we will take feedback from our audience, and they're gonna they'll come back to us and tell us what they'd like us to to um, talk about next time. Cool. Would love to have you come back and maybe do a deeper dive on one of these areas. Maybe it's presence, maybe it's listening skills, whatever that is. Um, but uh, we'd love to have you come back and have that conversation. And uh, before we wrap up, are there any you know any two or three key things you want our audience to leave with today? Um, the, you know, two or three things that you think are most meaningful that they could go and implement right now. So feet on the floor. I know I've been repetitive, but honest to God, start noticing where your feet are when you're talking and notice those tendencies to cross your legs or wrap your legs around a chair or, or standing up. You'll see people get up to present and they balance on one leg and kind of wrap one foot around mm -hmm. the other mm -hmm. leg, right? Yeah. See if those are issues for you and, and really work to get feet on the floor, seat in the chair, straight spine, breathing from the belly, and notice the difference in the power you have and the power that people perceive you have when you do that. And then the other thing, I guess if I were going to offer one other practical tip, it really is put your lips together and sense that. Like really notice when you're in conversation that tendency to keep talking longer than you needed to or to jump in before somebody's finished. And you'll find it physically if you do that. So I'm putting my lips together now. Okay. And I am too. And I love that. Thank you so much for, for being with us today and delightful as always. And uh, we're looking forward to the next version of your book, the next release of your book. I need to really, do that. Really looking uh, forward to, uh, to sharing your wisdom with folks who are kind of, we're living in a digital world, a virtual, virtual world. So thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Rob? Uh, lots of uh, thank you notes uh, and back uh, in Chicago. So Bill says great topic guests and show today. So important. Thank you so much. So people really, really love to hear from you. I'm getting lots of uh, love comments uh, from Facebook. And I love uh, that. Before, yeah, before we go, uh, could you please tell us, so how do we get a hold of you? Oh, um, my website is my name, katherinejohns.com. And I'm also on LinkedIn. I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. I've taken a couple weeks off because I've been in, on vacation, so to speak. <coughs> I had some surgery and I've been recovering. But most of the time, active on LinkedIn, you can find me there. And I really enjoy actually linking with people, right? It's not that I just need to have a bunch of followers, but I really have gotten into some deep relationships and connections just through the social media. I'm on Facebook too, but that's more for fun than for business. So wonderful. website well, or LinkedIn. Wonderful to see you. And thank you so much. So uh, let's uh, say one more time. Go <coughs> up and time. Simple steps to boost your confidence and charisma by Katherine Jones. So let's say a few words about the upcoming show. So today we had Katherine Jones. On November 3rd, we're going to have Hector Varese. 
uh, how to accelerate the growth of your business and to attract investors. On November 17th, our guest will be Vanessa Cabrera on your winning social media strategy, confidence and consistency equals conversion. On December 1st, our guest will be Carl Zaidman discussing FBNA best practices for small and medium businesses. And starting January, we'll have a live panel discussion featuring Eddie Commons, president of NAWBO, the National Association of Human Business Owners, the Chicago chapter, and panelists discussing best practices on how to build, scale, and grow your business. Uh, so again, folks, we want to say uh, big thank yous. Uh, so thank you so much for your being here with us today. And ASTEP About Business is recorded at the Butterfield Studio in Vernon Hills, Illinois, located at 1000 Butterfield Road, Suite 1007, again in Vernon Hills. It's just 25 minutes north of Chicago's O'Hare Airport. With its 7,500 square feet customizable staging and broadcasting space, the studio, with its full service production and broadcasting team, be sure to service your next conference, game show, product launch, brand activation, you name it. As step about business, the host and futures television tank, Butterfield Studio for making this show awesome. We love you guys. And again, remember, if you're watching this show on futures television, listening to it on radio features, or listening to it as a podcast or as a recorded event on one of our social media platforms, you too can be part of the conversation. Watch for the links of this video so you can continue the conversation on our YouTube channel. Again, I hope to see you again next Thursday, November 3rd, when our guest will be Hector Barresi. Again, thank you so much for being here with us today, and we'll leave you with our institutional message. See you next time.